0: Welcome to another message from C3 Mumbai. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. All right, I'm going to be preaching from the book of James. Book of James, who's been uh, enjoying this series. We've been doing a series over the last five weeks. Today is End game, book of James. We're all done. Um, we we're landing this plane. It's been up there in the in the air for five weeks, and uh, it, this book is just a very practical book. It's a very like it's just like James is like a machine gun of wisdom. Like it's like, have you ever uh, tried to drink from um, a a fire hydrant before? You know, a fire hydrant. You try, I'm just going to have a little drink and it's just like you get really wet because there's just so much coming out, so much water coming out. It's like that with the book of James. You read it and it's just like he's just dropping like wisdom bombs. You know what I'm saying? Like wisdom bombs, like boom, like ow, that hurt and boom, there's another one and then smash and then pow and bang and all those Batman noises. You know, Batman... The Batman noises are happening while you're reading the book of James. It's like, wow, this guy is just slapping me around. But it's a good slapping around because what it does is it brings maturity. It's what we need to hear. The book of James was written to Jewish people who, were, who, had, who had become, um, they were Jewish by tradition, Jewish by culture, and they'd become followers of Jesus. And uh, because of that uh, choice that they made, they were going through a terrible and a horrible trial because their whole town had turned against them uh, nobody would employ them, nobody wanted to have anything to do with them because all of a sudden, you know how people, they're always down on what they're not up on. So, when, when, everyone, when someone starts to do something different, like follow Jesus, everyone's like, oh, we're not going to talk to them because they're those born again, they're going to they're convert you, all they're going to do is they're going to convert you, you know, that sort of thing. This was going on for them. And it was worse. It was like their lives were at threat because of this. It's not the truth, okay? We're not going to convert you, all right? Okay, it's not what we're here to do. We're here to just tell the gospel. That's it. Share the gospel, right? So, so these people were facing a horrible situation where they couldn't, they couldn't afford to buy food. It wasn't because they couldn't work. It's because people wouldn't employ them. They wouldn't do business with them, and they wouldn't pay their bills that they owed to them. And uh, they were threatening to take their lives. That's, that's how bad it got. Okay, so these people needed some truth. They needed something that would help them get through this. And James, he opens the book, right? He opens the book and says this. He says, Considerate joy, brothers and sisters, when you face trials of any kind, of all kinds. Who knows that that is not something that we really want to hear? Considerate joy, oh, joy. You've got a hard time, considerate joy, right? But what he's saying is, he's saying, because you can consider it joy when you're in Christ, because in Christ, when we are going through trials, it's not just an empty trial. Who knows that without Christ, trials are just trials. They're just hard times that we can't wait to get through. But in Christ, a trial is something that God will use to put something inside of you. And that inside of you, what's going on inside of you is he is building a steadfastness. He is building a strength. He's giving you something that you need. He's going to help you to become a better person through those trials. Praise God. He's going to help you. He's putting strength inside of you. He's putting hope inside of you. In Christ, you can go through the worst of the worst. You might have heard of a scripture. You may have heard it preached around before. You may have heard it at funerals. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. Ever walked through the valley of the shadow of death and feared evil? I have. Who knows what I'm talking about? I have. But in Christ, you can walk through the very shadow of the valley of death and have no fear because of Jesus. Now that's strength. Consider it joy, brothers and sisters, when you face trials because Jesus is about to do something in you. And the whole book is like that. He just keeps on giving wisdom. And he closes with, with a story about, well, he talks about miracles. He talks about a person who's really sick. And when I say sick, they're like sick, like uh, life-threatening sick. Okay? They need a miracle. And uh, he, he gives the answer on how that person will be healed. Okay, so let's, let's read it. Let's first read um, James chapter 5, verse 17 to 18. And we're going to talk about a guy called Elijah, who was in the Old Testament, whom James is referencing. The Old Testament is the first part of the Bible before Jesus, okay? So he, he talks about this, this Elijah. Let me, let me read it to you, then I'm going to explain to you what I'm talking about. So it says here, Elijah was a human being, even as we are, okay, he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Um, who knows that's a miracle? Anybody done this before? Prayed? Just, I just want to hear from you. Anyone? No one? No takers? Okay, this is, this is something crazy, okay? This is, what, this is crazy. Again, in verse 18, he prayed, and the heavens... Are, um, heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. Who was this Elijah? Who, what, hold on a second. What is James talking about? What kind of miracle zone is James talking about here? Let's just talk about this Elijah. When, 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 to Jewish people who would have heard the name Elijah, Elijah was like, I mean, Elijah was like, he was like, the hero. I, Elijah was the man. I mean, this guy when you mentioned Elijah to a Jewish person, they would be like, oh, Elijah, ooh, 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 like that." Like this guy was serious. Okay? This guy was superhuman almost. Like he had like superpowers. It's almost like he had superpowers. It's almost like he had some sort of ability, some sort of like hotline to heaven. This Elijah, man, he had something going on with God. But here's James saying this. Saying, no, 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 hold on a second. Elijah was a human being, even as we are. Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He, this is this so uh, uh, the, the, the stopping of the rain. Wasn't his only miracles? There was, there was more. He stopped the start of the rain. Then there was the multiplication of flour and oil. There was a widow, right, who was in a great need. He went to her home. She uh, gave him an offering, and because of that offering, um, her, her um, well, it's hard to explain. But he said, "Get me all the jars in your home. Get me all the jars in your home." And and her, she just kept on bringing jars, and uh, they kept on overflowing with flour and oil. So she could make as many chapatis as she wanted. Okay, she started a chapati business and, you know, still making money to this day. It's a true story. Just kidding. Okay, just kidding. But that was a real miracle. Another thing Elijah goes out into the desert. Who knows that in the desert there's no McDonald's, there's no KFC, there's no Bajiwala, there's no chai, chai, coffee, coffee, chai guy, there's none of that. Okay. There's none of those veg sandwiches, the veg and cucumber cheese sandwiches. They look really yummy, those sandwiches. I'm always tempted, even though I'm, I'm actually gluten intolerant. Okay, there's none of that. So he, of course, the birds start to feed him. Birds. He's fed by ravens. Who knows? That's a miracle. Okay. Um, another thing, another, another time, Elijah, he comes up, he comes up to the Jordan River. Can you just walk across? No. Well, you know what Elijah did? He just, he just parted it. He literally parted it. He said, part and it opened up and just went for a walk, okay? That's pretty cool, right? Who knows if that's a miracle? Uh, what's another one? Uh, last one. Um, uh, he called down fire from heaven, and it, con- it consumed 50 soldiers. He, on, on Mount Carmel, he, call, he, he called down fire from heaven. from heaven on his offering. He said, okay, guys, to the, um, to the priests of the, the pagan religion, he said, okay, so we're going we, to have, have a competition. He said, um, basically, what I want you to do is make your offering and call down fire from heaven, and... Uh, and I'm going to do the same. Whoever's God, whoever whoever's God actually responds, that will be the one true God, right? So this is this is like um, this is a one way you can evangelize to your friends. I, I don't know if you can try this one, but but <laughs> you know they start to cut themselves. They start to do all sorts of crazy things to to try and make their God. And he and he, and he literally taunts them. He says, "Is your God sleeping? Is there something? Is he gone on a holiday?" and and they they give up and then he just calls down fire from him he said god okay let's go before that he puts re, he puts water on the offering it was like this bull and it had been cut up and all of that sort of stuff and man god responds this guy like went to a jewish mind when james had said elijah was a human being like you and i they would have been like huh elijah no 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 he is he is superhuman this guy had superpowers he had a hotline to heaven but, you, but you can, if you read the story about Elijah, you will also realize that he was just a man. He was just a man. In, 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 in 1 Kings, uh, this, which records the story of Elijah, 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 1 to 5, it says this, Now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done. This was just after he had called down fire upon Jezebel's priests. Okay, Jezebel was the queen. These were all her priests that he kind of, well, they all got burnt really badly and died, okay? I'll just be real with you, all right? Um, Elijah had done, and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. Oh, well, that's what happened as well. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely. You like my Queen Jezebel voice? Should I stop? Okay, sorry. Okay, fine. If by this time tomorrow, I do not make your life like that of one of them. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. Elijah? Did you see that? Superhuman? Hold on a second. Calling fire down from heaven? What's this boy doing running from a girl? What's going on here? What's this guy doing, this tough guy? I mean, when you imagine... You know, when you imagine Elijah, you think of this guy. He's got his hands on his hips. He's got his chest out, his chin high. He's like Superman, okay? Who's this guy running from Jezebel? When he, and, he, and it gets worse. So when he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there. While he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, he came to a broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. Elijah was just a guy. Just a man. He's just another nobody who had actually found power in the name of Jesus. That's it. That's all he was. There wasn't anything special about Elijah. But what was his secret source? Well, we'll go back to James and begin to look at what James is trying to say here. And all James is saying is, is that what Elijah had was righteousness. What's righteousness? Simple. Being right before God. How do you obtain righteousness? Is it something that you have to do? Is it something that you have to earn? No. That's why we sang in, that, in, that, in the lyrics of that song, I couldn't earn it. I don't deserve it. Though you gave your life for me. Righteousness is not something that you earn. If you think that you are being righteous by trying to do the right thing all the time, let me tell you something. I'll break it to you nicely, you have different standards to God, His standards are perfect. You know, God God can't lie, because He's perfect, but, and one of His commandments in His righteous law or, or the law of righteousness is, do not lie. Anybody lied before? Okay, anybody lying right now? <laughs> we, 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 can't, we can't fulfill His law. We can't fulfill His requirements. We cannot. We cannot. So when we talk about righteousness, you've got to understand something. We're not talking about something that you need to do. We're not talking about something that you need to obtain by doing, you know, feed a thousand pigeons and, you know, pat 20 horses. It's, it's, it's not like that. That's not how righteousness works. Righteousness is a life and death issue. Your righteousness to be attained required death. Someone had to die the death that you and I deserved because of our sin. Sin only warrants death. Someone has to pay for our sins. You can't not have a payment for our sins. Suppose Jesus was sent by God the Father, in love, to be that offering, that's why He died, that's why He had to come in the flesh, that's why He didn't come as a spirit, He came in the flesh because the sins of the world had to be put upon Him, this Jesus. How is righteousness obtained? Righteousness is obtained through the work of Christ. So, so, and this is what James is saying, Elijah, he was just a man, but he was, he was righteous. And it was that righteousness that caused this man to be able to call on the name of God and actually do great miracles, actually do great things, actually do things that were impossible. Impossible, God, let you know on. Impossible. So James starts to give some keys for righteousness, and we'll go through it. He, he says, okay, in verse 13, he says, if, 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 is any of you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone ill? Among you ill? And then he says this, let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. Now, when James was talking about this sickness, if you look at the original words, the original words that weren't in English, they they meant like it wasn't like, <coughs> I've got a cold. You know, I don't want to go to school today, mummy, because I've, <coughs> I've got a bit of a cold. Not like that. It's not that kind of, it's like life or death. It's cancer. This is like, this is like, the end game type of sickness, is what James is talking about, right? So, so, he's saying, when someone is ill, get the elders together, get them to pray with you. Isn't that cool? Who are the elders? Who are the elders? Are they the old people in there? What are you saying? I have to get the old people in the church to come over and pray for me when I'm sick? No, no, that's not what he's saying. Elder is a funny word in the Bible, it doesn't mean older, okay, in the Bible. Yes, we do need to respect those who are above our age and all of that sort of stuff. Culturally, yes, 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 you need to honour your mum and dad, all of that sort of stuff. But within the church, eldership is nothing to do with age and everything to do with faith and maturity. Um, this is important to note just because there are a lot of, um, not in this church, but in a lot of other churches, okay? Uh, <laughs> but there are a lot of older people who have grown old but never grown up. They've grown old, but they've never grown up. What is it to grow up in Christ? To grow up in Christ is, to be able, is, is, is basically to go through trials and have faith build up on the inside of you time and time again to such a point when you can see that others are going through trials and you can help them, not by judging them, not by giving them your five cents, but by knowing what it is to go through trials. Just like Job went through a trial and never cursed the name of God. That's, that's the pathway to eldership as a believer. It's not about age. It's about being able to trust in the name of the Lord. That's, that's what it is. And then there are some, there are some, um, there are some other points in the Bible about eldership, biblical eldership. Um, in, in when when Paul, the apostle Paul, he writes to Timothy, and he and he tells Timothy, Timothy, I want you to go and go to your town of Ephesus, and I want you to go and appoint elders, and he gives peop- he gives um, some keys. To these uh, To Timothy, to look for in the people that he needed to appoint as elders, because he wanted Timothy to be there for a little time and then go somewhere else so so some of the things that that needed to be in place for these elders is they well they firstly their kids needed to be their, their kids needed to be in Christ right then um, they needed to be good husbands, good wives, they needed to be not given to um, alcohol uh, in terms of drunkenness, like uh, you know it's like they were, you can 't be drinking all the time, getting smashed, you, you can you know, have one or two, but like if they're given to alcohol, then there's a problem, right? You can't be... Uh, there was a whole lot of different things, I can't remember, but you can see in this list that it was just about maturity and life. Basically, their lives needed to be together inside the church and outside the church as well. That, that was the rules for eldership. But the beginnings of eldership starts with faith in Christ, in the midst of trial, not giving up on God. We have elders in our church um, and there are different grades of elders but the beginnings of eldership is a connect group leader. A connect group leader. Who's a connect group leader here? Just put up your hand if you're a, an assistant or a connect group leader. Okay, that's what elders look like. Okay, just put up your hands again. Sorry, just one more time. Yeah, okay. Okay, so, so Sarah, so how, 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 how old are you? 26. Sarah is an elder in our church. Why? Because she's 26 and she's not 25. Is it something to do with age? No, no, it's got nothing to do with age. But we've worked with Sarah and we know that she has faith in the midst of a trial. And she has her life together. <laughs> and she's trusting God in every front of her life. And everyone that outside, even people outside of the church, will commend Sarah. And saying, you know what, Sarah is a great person. She's got it going on. She's amazing right? That's, that's how it is. That's eldership, okay? It's not about... So, so, like, and the other thing about eldership, I'm sorry to labor this, but I just feel like it's important um, because we have uh, in our inner our, in our, in marks. if you're new around here, you need to know this. There may be some believers that, that are around, okay? And they're in every church. Maybe they're not in this church, but maybe they are. I don't know. You need to watch out for this, okay? But there will be those in the church who would act like elders because they're older, but if you, if you turn them upside down and shake them a little bit, you, and see what comes out of their pockets, you'll see that their lives actually aren't that together, okay? You know, j- just ask a few questions, why, why, how's your marriage? What's going on in, in the background, what do other people say of you outside of the church? You'll understand whether or not these are people that need to be in eldership. Um, there, there's a lot of teachers around who want to teach you their five cents on what's, what's happening in the, in the church and how to, be a, how to be a believer and this and that. There's a lot of those. Listen to me. You need to be careful. If they're not sent by the church and if they're appointing themselves as elders, probably there's a reason for that. They might be on some sort of power thing there might it was just like cuz there's a lot of power to to find a vulnerable person and begin to like speak into their life because I'm the oh, no no be careful be careful every every elder in this church every connect group leader every purpose team leader they're also the eldership they've all been sent out we've laid hands on them because we've tested them okay Rachel and I we we are the like the head elders i suppose if you want to call it that we were not we didn't one day wake up and say we want to be these people we were sent out okay we were prayed out there's other churches you saw Tim came came he was one of those you saw my dad come and there's, been, and there's other churches there's other churches that said okay these guys are ready we're sending them out an elder is always sent is never self appointed Okay, I'm just I'm just helping you because it's important when you bring up this n- elder thing because otherwise you you know especially if you're new around here you'll be like teach me teach me teach me I know nothing I know nothing no no be careful be careful be careful go to a connect group okay get to know who the purpose team leaders are get to know who get to know who's who's kind of leading around here get into their world have them teach you because that those people have been tested and tried and there's a reason why anyway it's righteousness righteousness. Let's get back to righteousness. The thing about elders is elders know what it is to go through a trial and have their faith tested. So he says, is anyone among you ill? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith. Where do you learn faith? In the midst of trial. The prayer offered in faith See, a prayer has to be offered in faith. You know, faith because faith comes in trials, when you see someone else going through a trial, the faith that you've learned through your trial, you're going to apply to their trial, right? So they can pray and the prayer that they offer in faith will make the sick person well and the Lord will raise them up. And Then he goes on to say this, he says, if they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Who knows this? I don't know if you know this, but there is sin that can lead to sickness. Okay, it's in the Bible. Unforgiveness turns into what? turns into bitterness. A root of bitterness in our hearts can actually turn to sickness. It can. I think that there are a lot of mental issues, there are a lot of stuff going on in the world because people haven't dealt with the sin that's in their world. I do believe that, because they keep on going away from God and going into all sorts of things except God, it makes them sick. So, I'm not saying that all, um, uh, if you ever get sick, I'm not saying it's because you've sinned, okay? I'm not saying that every time you get sick, that you, that you kind of, oh, I've, I've sinned, I need to check my heart out. No, no, well, you know, it's not like that. But we always need to be on check, that our actions are not sinful because we just don't know where they're going to go to, okay? So he says, if they have sinned, these people will be forgiven. And then he says, therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So what James is saying is, even for this person who's ill, okay, even for this person who's sick, if they're in sin, they're going to be forgiven. Once they're forgiven, what does that make them? What does that make them? That makes them righteous, right? We are made righteous because of God. And he's saying basically even their prayers will be answered because the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. See, see he's, he's, he's telling us, okay, this is who you need to go to, go to the people that are tried and tested, and, and even then when you're getting prayer, if it's because of sin, you need to confess that sin with those people and then you will be able to join them in the same righteousness that they have. Therefore, you will actually have the same power in God that they have. That's what he's saying. Isn't that cool? See, see, the righteousness of God and the miracles of God are not because you've done anything special. It's just because you've come to God and admitted that you need Him. That's it. There's no other thing that you need to do. There's nothing else, there's no credentials. We could have a person who's just given their heart to the Lord, like last night, this morning, an hour ago, pray a prayer of healing over someone and they could get healed in Jesus name because they are righteous. I think that's pretty cool. How about you? I think that's really something. We look at we look at the superhuman people in the church, right? We go, oh, I've got to go and get prayer from this guy. And I've got to go and get prayer from that guy. And I've got to go and... Because on maybe it's because this part guy hasn't prayed for me that, that my miracle hasn't come. No, 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 no. Listen up. What James is saying is simple. Righteousness leads to miracles. That's it. That's it. It can happen right here. A miracle. The power of God just comes and something shifts. Because some people... Some people have actually shifted and understood that righteousness is the power of God. But it's interesting also that, that it's, it's, it's here with the eldership, it's here together. That the, it's, it's like you can see this, I can see this group of people coming together and praying for this person. This, this group of people and, and actually the miracle coming because they have been open enough to, to, to get together with their church and say, you know what, this is where we're struggling. This is where things aren't happening for us right now. Can you pray with us? And, and then the power of God comes through God's people. That's how it's meant to be. That's how the church is meant to be. Us open, vulnerable enough with one another that we, can, that we can actually talk about what it is that we need, what it is that we're struggling with, and that we can actually see God move. Elijah was just a human being, just as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain. This word earnest, all it means is that he meant it. That's it. It just means that he meant it it doesn't mean it doesn't mean this I've just got to talk to some of the believers in the room just in case okay just in case I just want to set you free from some sometimes this whole this has been preached about like when you pray you know just make sure that you've got enough faith because if you don't have enough faith it's not going to get answered that 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 thinking is a zero-sum game it's not going to work okay? Because faith is not something that you conjure up. Faith is not something that you make a choice to have. Faith is a gift from heaven. When you accept Christ, when you, even the very fact, and this is biblical, biblical, even the very fact that you have the ability to believe in Jesus is a gift. It's not something that you kind of just conjured up. He's opened your eyes. He's, he's let you see Him. Faith starts and ends with God. So to think, well, oh, you know, maybe, maybe what I want is not happening because I'm not earnest enough. Listen, 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 listen. You know, we, we kind of have this way of praying with God. God, I believe it. God, I really believe it. God, I, I, I double believe it. I, God, I triple believe what I, I just want you to know. God, love you to the moon and back. No, no, no. God. Love you to the stars and back. God, I just love you infinity and infinity again. You know, we just it's a, a zero sum game. It's silly. It's, <laughs> it really is silly. Faith is a gift. You've got faith, you've got righteousness if God if God if it's God's will, you're going to get the miracle. But listen to me. Don't get into this game of like, oh, I just maybe I don't believe enough. No, if you believe it, you believe it. If you don't, you don't. And when you read the story of Elijah, you know, he, he, he just was earnest, he meant it, he meant it, and he waited, he just waited on God, and God moved, earnest, Elijah was a human being, even as we, he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years, again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. Who wants powerful and effective prayers? Hands up, I want powerful and effective prayers. It's all about righteousness. It's all about just getting to God, understanding that you are in need, that He has set you free from sin, accepting His forgiveness as you come to Him and you are made whole, you are made righteous and you can begin to walk in miracles as God wills. Amen? Then He closes it, All right, I'm just going to close with this. He says this, he says, My brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring that person back, remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover a m- over a multitude of sins. So he's, he's in verse 19 of the scripture. He's, he's, um, he's, what he's doing is he's closing his, it's the end, right? So what he's saying is, guys, I've written you all of this, all of this kind of wisdom here from, you know, they didn't have chapters back then, but chapter 1 through to three, four, five, I've written all of you this stuff. Now, if any of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring that person back, remember this, whoever turns a sinner back from their error will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. In other words, let's look out for each other. He's calling the church to look out for one another. You know, sometimes in church, we see others who may need a helping hand, who may be going down a path where they're actually doing the wrong thing, and we can see it. Don't stand idly by and say nothing because you don't want to interfere. Now, obviously, don't be a nosy Nancy, okay, and get all up in people's business because you're like a busybody and, oh, I don't think, no, 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 it's not like that. It's genuine concern that's not judgy, that actually loves people. We're not a judgy church. We're not a like a judgy judgy, you know. Or did you see what? It's, we're not like that. But we do take interest in others. If we can see others, where, you know, you'll see this play out in all sorts of ways, man. All sorts of ways. I, I you know, where you'll be out, and you'll see that one person whom you love from church, and they're just, they're just going a little bit too hard on the juice, you know? Just a little bit too hard. Just to grab them. Just go up and say, hey, what's up? Are you alright? Noticed, noticed, uh, well, you're drinking about two times faster than everybody else. Is everything alright? You know, just to take that concern just to love on people, not to judge them, you know, just to grab, maybe maybe it's just God puts an impression on your heart for someone and you just go up and say, hey, I just, just want you to know I love you and I just want you to know that you're awesome and Thanks for coming every Sunday and thanks for all you do it's awesome that you serve the coffee maybe maybe it's just that and the other side that we can we can peel we can look at this this is 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 is, is in terms of sharing our faith with others you got to understand something this is a thing with Christ okay uh, and Jesus why do we talk about Jesus so much and why do we want others to come to know Jesus well it's simple it's really simple we found um, we found some water and we drank it because we were thirsty. And if anybody else is thirsty, we want them to drink it too. It's really simple. Okay, that's, we found some water. And because we drank it, man, that water has quenched our thirst. And it's like, man, hey, listen up. You should come and try this water too. And, and, and James closes with, if any of you should do this, you can actually save people from the very grips of hell. And let me tell you something, you know what's the one thing, the one thing that we get to take home with us to heaven? It's not our, it's not our cars, it's not our awards, it's, it's, not, it's not our accolades, it's not our certificates, not our trophies, it's not, it, it, it's not everything that we've done, it's not our money, the one thing that we get to take home with us is the people that we brought with us, that's it. People are God's most valuable asset. It's the one thing. So when you tell someone about Jesus, take them out of sin, tell them about this gospel, this righteousness that is, that, is, that is free. You're rescuing people out of hell and you'll get to have a bigger party in heaven in your villa that Jesus is making for you with more people. Amen? C3 Mumbai is a church in the heart of India's commercial capital where a diverse group of people brought together to worship God and to pass on the hope of salvation by grace that we freely received. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. Follow us on Instagram or tweet us on our handle at C3Mumbai. Hey, it's Ryan here. If you enjoyed this message and you live in Mumbai, we would love to meet you in person. Why don't you come along? 11.30 a.m. Studio 10 at Famous Studios in Mahalakshmi.